You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Spirits Podcast. My name is Julia. My name's Amanda. Each week we come at you bringing new mythology from all across the world. There's myths, there's legends, there's urban legends, there's folklore, there's weird tales that your granny told you when you were nervous at night. And the best part is, there's booze. Booze makes everything better. Everything. Everything better. Julia is a qualified degree-holding history and religious studies expert. Nerd. I am someone who really likes Harry Potter and dad jokes. Together, we have a great podcast. Yes. So welcome if this is the first time you are joining us. We're we happy have to have you. Listeners. We're very happy to have you. Welcome to the I'm tribe. So stoked. Thank you so much. Thank you, spiriters. We need a name for our people. <gasps> Oh, spiriters, spirits, spirits. Uh, nah. No, all right. That we'll makes work it on sound it. like ghosts. We'll get, we'll get back to you. But for now, we would like to shout out some folks who have been really sweet to us on Twitter over the last two weeks. Um, firstly, the Greater Boston podcast, who just finished their first season. It's totally amazing. Please go listen and support their Patreon, and also Alexander Danner for recommending us um, to his Twitter followers. Thank you to Abby Eaker, Jim McDonald of the Our Fair City podcast. Thanks again, Jim. Always a pleasure talking to you on Twitter. You're so great. The Definitely Human podcast, Radio Drama Revival, and to Lauren Garcia, who boldly listened to Spirits with her mom. Girl, that's a that's well, a power move. Well, drunk in the car. So Girl, good. Love it. Love it. Then making your DD listen to other drunk people. <laughs> Amazing. Ryan Wade, friend of the show, Paul Turner, Broadbean, Jeffrey Cardner. Thank you again, Jeffrey. To Shannon Sawyer and to Lauren Shippen of the Bright Sessions podcast, who just surpassed their one millionth download. Congratulations, so cool. guys. Congratulations, Lauren. We love her so much. Also, um, tune in in two weeks' time. You may be hearing more from Lauren. Hint, hint. hint. Hint, 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 hint. And finally, to hashtag Myth Chat Monday. Julia, you started this, I think, on Twitter. Well, the guys from Legends, Myths, and Whiskey kind of got it started. I'm trying to make it more of a thing. Um, I would love to hear from you guys. We talked last Monday, I believe, about uh, the origins of death myths, which so is cool. super, super cool. If you're going to talk about mythology, why would you talk about anything other than death myths? They're so good. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating. It's Super awesome. Like, Amanda, did you know what? that, you know, the quintessential tortoise in the hare myth? Of course. Yeah. Sloan said he wins that race. Except in the original story, you wanted the hare to win because he's the one that told the gods that humans should be immortal instead of the uh, tortoise who said we should be mortal. God damn it. Point being, we love to hear from you guys on Twitter. We are also on 
Facebook. We are posting more frequently these days. So if you haven't liked us, please do. Um, on iTunes, we have new reviews in from the UK and Australia since last episode, Thank which you. we love. Uh, so please, let's see how many countries we can get on the map. So if you're a non-US listener especially, we'd love to hear from you. If you feel like giving to Spirits, if you want to hear more of Spirits, if you want to Our see tip exclusive... jar, if yes, you will. If you want to see exclusive content for each episode, you should head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spirits podcast. We got so many extras in store for you and really every single dollar helps us so much in paying for our hosting, our mics, our editing, and hopefully soon our booze. We want to make it rain on Eric, guys. Make it rain. We love it. Without further ado, enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 16, Bird Ladies of Russia. Sweet 16! That joke ends here. Russia has a really weird obsession with birds. Really? Yeah. If their mythology is anything to kind of talk about and base uh, it off of. I mean, I guess a giant-ass country that covers all topographies uh, a lot of have lots of birds. A lot of forests, a lot of right. birds, I guess. All kinds, all elevations. The interesting part about Slavic mythology, which we've never really talked about before, is that there's not a lot of first-hand accounts of it. Right. Uh, it's a lot of understanding that, oh, these gods existed and then they were worshipped, but no one is writing firsthand. But fewer like individual prophets and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's actually really interesting because of a lot of folklore that we get from Russia is more focused on later, like not, not anything prehistoric, not anything BCE Mm -hmm. kind of more towards the 12th century and beyond. Okay. I don't know enough about Russian history or Slavic history to uh, comment. Uh, basically, all you need to know is that the fact that Roman and Greek mythology spread up there at some point. Yep. And then also Christianity did. That, uh, that Hellenic exchange. Yep. Gotta love that hey. Hellenic exchange, girl. Alexander the Great, bisexual man in history. Super hot. Represent... <laughs> Awesome. What was his friend's name? Hepastian? I don't remember. <laughs> that was correct. That sounds if good. mispronounced. Um, all I remember is Alex he, and Hep full life. He just died in a river because he's... Well, he didn't die in a river. He swam in a river, got pneumonia, and then died. Like, Did he really? Like a dude who almost conquered an entire continent. Yeah. Died from pneumonia from swimming in a river when he was drunk. It's... Uh, it's, that some, it's a metaphor you? of some kind. That bothers me. No, mostly I'm thinking about all the all the hot, sexy times that him and Hepatian must have had in, in his war tent. His damn hot you know, bisexuals. I'm just I'm just blushing. It's, it's fine. Like, it's like Achilles all over again. Real hot. We don't know enough oh, about Achilles yet. Tell, that's a good one. Why haven't I done that one yet? <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners. All right. Okay. Focusing on Russia, though. Okay. Um, Russia has this really interesting focus on birds. Yes. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to particularly talk about bird ladies this episode. Sounds so good. Bird ladies. I have this like fear slash obsession with becoming an, like a New York City bag lady, which like you see them all the time on the subway with like these plaid Ikea bags just filled with things and like granny carts. And, you know, part of me is like, that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, it could happen if you stay here too long. I think that's just... Um, I'm afraid. You, you evolve into that like a Pokemon. So there's actually a, a trio of bird ladies. 
Awesome. Um, their names are Alkanost, Gamayan, and Sirin. Cool. They all have kind of interesting Nuts. Wait, the names are A, G, and S, which is also like sag, like an old lady's face. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they're all really pretty lady faces. Oh, really? Yes. They're not so, old? No, not old. Oh, I guess you just said bird ladies. Bird Sorry, ladies. Sorry, that's said me. No, um, they're all birds that have lady faces and lady boobs. <gasps> that's the most terrifying possible combination of birds and humans. <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a minute. I'm trying to picture it, and yeah. I, I'm failing. Uh, hold on, I'll pull up the picture. No, I don't want to see it. Yes, you It'll do. It'll haunt my nightmares. Yes, you no, do. No, it's, I don't. She's no, actually don't. very pretty. No, I don't. She's very pretty. Look at uh, her. Pretty. Why does she have boobs? Because pretty. Because hmm. it's men telling these stories, all right, and they're so like, what, breasts. What are they all about? So these birds are all about prophecy. They are kind of inspired by some Greek mythology, and we'll talk about it a little bit once mm-hmm. I talk about the specifics, but we'll start with Alkonost. Cool. As I like to say, pronunciation is not my specialty. <laughs> Don't call me out on that shit. Spirits, come for the booze. Ignore the pronunciation. So, Alkonost has the body of a bird, head of a beautiful woman. Yep. Also boobs. Whatever. men are telling these stories and Fine. they're terrible. Um, she's said to sing a song or make sounds that are so amazingly beautiful that anyone who hears them forgets everything they know and wants nothing but to hear that song forever. Cool. Classic siren type right. thing. Yes. Yeah. Which actually we'll talk about a little bit. These guys are kind of inspired by. Mm-hmm. They're kind of inspired by a mix of the Greek sirens mm-hmm. and also the harpies. Awesome. Which are terrifying and we'll do an episode on them at some point i've watched enough lost girls to know that they are hot and terrifying (laughs) yes they are hot and terrifying and usually just cray cray um so the alkanost uh is said to lay eggs because she's a bird okay um on the beach she will then turtle yeah kind of like a turtle uh she will then roll them into the sea they will incubate in the sea and when they hatch they actually create these giant thunderstorms, uh, mm. and the seas become so rough that like no one can safely pass through them. That's awesome. Yeah, so kind of mixing it up with this idea that they're harbingers of doom, mm-hmm. but also can tell the future. I like that too, and and it's a bit of a you know a great flood cleansing type right. thing. Like it's a birth. There's something new coming into the world. The sea is is choppy, and who knows what'll come out of the end of it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, she's actually associated with a Greek demigoddess known as Alcyon. Alcyon was actually turned into a kingfisher, which is kind of bird. Yep. Um, by the gods after she and her husband called themselves Zeus and Hera. So kind of like, do that. It's humans. like calling yourselves like the Beyonce and Jay Z of our times. Like Never. don't fucking do that. Never. That's so dumb. Never. Like that's just inviting the gods to come down and smite you or turn you into a bird. I know. Like you can just look at each other and exchange a look. That's like, like yo, we the best. Yo, yeah. we the best. Don't call don't yourselves the king and queen don't. of the gods. That's nope. So dumb. So dumb. So, Alkonost is actually said to live in the underworld, mm-hmm. which actually differs her from the other two bird ladies we're going to talk about because they are said to come from paradise or Eden. Interesting. And they meet in the in the middle ground? Kind of. Um, so we're going to move on to the siren next, or siren, which gets its name from siren. So mm-hmm. in Russian, it's S-I-R-I-N, mm-hmm. whereas the Greeks say S-I-R-E-N. Yep. Um, again, bird woman, head and chest of a beautiful woman, 
body of a bird. Usually it's an owl. Okay. Um, I, I can, I can respect owls. Yeah. She's said to live in the Indian lands. Like that's in quotes yeah. cause that's a little weird. Uh, yeah. but it's supposed to be nearby Eden or paradise. Cool. Which um, I get like verdant jungle, you right. know, really sort of pretty, South beautiful Asia, yeah. gardens of Eden type flush. Thing. Flora kind of thing. That was a weird <laughs> lush, description. Lush flo- flora, yeah. fauna. Sure, that's fine. Um, they are directly linked to the Greek mythology of sirens mm-hmm. um, and are usually portrayed as having some sort of crown or cloud floating about their head. Sure, like in paintings and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, to the saints, they sing beautiful songs and are able to tell like all of the good things that are going to happen in the future. What do you mean to saints? Like... In Christianity, later on, they're yeah. referenced to speak to the saints. They're kind of associated with the archangels. Huh. Uh, so they speak to the saints. They tell them all the good things that are going to happen to humans and huh. happen to those people. Um, but to mortals, not so great. Mm. Um, they're actually really dangerous because if anyone hears them sing their song, it's usually men. Um, they forget everything on earth and follow them until they die of starvation. Wow, that's yeah. very graphic. Yes. Uh, as it. usual, the more like specific and bodily the myth, the creepier it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I guess, you know, I can see parallels to like, um, you know, being too focused on the future such that you're unable to like, you know, appreciate or even care for yourself in the present. Yeah, I think that's pretty legit. Yeah. Um, ironically, in stories about... Uh, the Sirens, um, if they hear something loud like a cannon or the ringing of bells or any sort of loud noise that would scare off regular birds, uh, the men are freed from that spell. Mm. Usually it's the women who do the freeing because men are dumb and women have to come (laughs) save them. (laughs) Leave us behind to clean up the mess. (laughs) Um, Towards the 17th and 18th centuries, Sirens become associated with... um, Harmony, and they're actually kind of brought into the fold of the church more. Really? Uh, yeah, it's kind of another instance of synchronization, which we talked about a little bit with the Haitian voodoo. Yes. Where these were things that existed in Russian culture before Christianity got yeah. there, and in order to kind of embrace the culture, they combined it. Sure. So they become associated with harmony, uh, mostly because they're said to live near or in paradise. So that kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. And they do with sort of like the bird motif is similar to the angel motif, like right. feathered wings. Exactly. Yeah. Supposedly only the happiest people are able to hear a siren song. Huh. Um, and only few can see them because quote, they are as fast and as difficult to catch as human happiness. Well, that's a very direct metaphor. It's a pretty legit thing, right? <laughs> it is too. And like, and again, I, I like that you have to sort of like fix and optimize your current life until you can like tap into this kind of vision and benefits of the future. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty, pretty accurate. You know, you need to know where you're at and be in a good place in order to deal with the heaviness of what the future could bring. Maslow's hierarchy type thing. Yes. Fulfill your basic needs. Fill your basic wants and desires and you until can you can self-actualize and get to the purple top of the pyramid, <laughs> according to Mr. Elias's 12th grade. It was purple? Uh, uh, I think so. I guess just the poster that he had. So question, are these bird lady peoples 
unique to Russia or are they like, is the mythology sort of said to encompass like all of humankind origin story, you know, watching over us all type thing. Cause it varies in the, in the cultures that we've studied so far. I think these specific ones are specific to Russia, Yeah, but there are birds and fortune tend to come kind of hand in hand yeah. in a lot of mythology and a lot of folklore. Mm-hmm. And I'll kind of talk about this a little later, but um, one of the birds that we're going to talk about um, actually got adopted by the Brothers Grimm hmm. and became a lot more widespread in not more modern culture, but 17th century on culture. Yeah, kind of post-printing post, post uh, printing press yes. distribution culture. Yes, and uh, as you, uh, you kind of look at birds in any mythology, mm-hmm. they're really associated with bringing something to humans. They're yeah, always news, messengers. knowledge, messengers, yes. exactly. Going back to our prophetic birds of Russian culture, uh, we're finishing up with the Gamayan. Cool. She, again, woman's head, no breasts on this one, so that's pretty good. Ooh. Uh, she's usually on a blackbird or raven's body. Nice. She is a symbol of wisdom and knowledge. She's kind of aware of everything that occurs in the world uh, between men and animals. And she can also mm-hmm. tell you men and Creepy animals. stuff? No. Or just like normal stuff? <laughs> no, like, like, oh, that squirrel had a nut this morning. Not oh, like, I see. Not I, like that I bad she fucked was, a pig. She's going to be like the bestiality <laughs> crow. <laughs> she's not the bestiality crow. call. call. This guy's fucking a pig. The prime minister of England. <laughs> fucked a pig in the mouth. Caca, caca. That was too specific, Julia. I mean, that's what happened, though. I know, but that just reminded me of the right. I mean, he's got a shittier legacy now, so there's that. Brexit. <laughs> Brexit, caca, caca, Brexit. The Gamanyan can tell you what's going on between any man and any animal. Uh, she also knows all the stories between the gods and the heroes. Nice. Uh... While so this, just everything. Yeah, kind of. While the Syrians are associated with prophetic tellings, the Gamayan is basically omniscient. Hmm. Uh, and so she's kind of isolated from any other creature in the world because she is the only one who knows the secret fate of humans in the world. Wow. Yeah. Must be a pretty lonely perch. Yeah, kind of like Get when... It, we, birds. Uh, uh. that's <laughs> Kind of like when um, Odin was the only one who knew that Ragnarok was coming. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of very isolating and lonely existence because mm. you know everyone's going to die and it kind of sucks. I, I love these like extreme examples of just sort of like the inherent isolation of, of living in our own heads like mm-hmm. everybody is living a life where like they are the ones who are the most self-aware because just like you know by definition like we can only know our own existence and things that we know feel secret you know compared to everybody else because they don't they don't live in our heads as well and so I, I just see these myths as like as like an, a natural sort of extrapolation or you know extreme characterization of you know it's me against the world and I, I know the secret knowledge and like and what do you do with that and how do you connect with other people that got really deep, and I'm a little too drunk to that, but okay. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, the Gamanyan had a song that was believed to be divine and has magical properties, um, but her song is difficult to decipher, and therefore a few people could comprehend their meaning and kind of understand their future was being prophesized. Oh, interesting. So, like, it's it's audible but not comprehensible yes it's it's just out of reach it's kind of like when people talk about hearing the voice of god and why in christian uh mythology or christian folklore yeah uh why god needs the metatron 
Ah. Because we can't decipher, as humans, we can't decipher God's voice. Right, our tiny maggot brains can't, yeah. So we need another being in order to kind of be the mouthpiece or be the microphone. Mm. Hmm. Or be the weird vocoder of God. Yeah, or the the crow sans uh, bustier. Yes. Um, So she, it's really interesting because the gamayan... How would a brow work for a bird? The back and the chest are too, like... They're too, like, like the neck is too sloped. I think, no, I think if the bird sits upright. Yeah. I think. But then what about when it flies? It, the neck straightens out and they they uh, would just fall. I think, no, I don't think so. Not necessarily. And they're lady heads. So you got to remember they're not bird heads. Racerback. Right. (laughs) Yes. The the racerback. The clip in front racerback. Okay. And they're all good. Glad we fixed this. We figured out bird bras. Okay. Continue. We solved everything. (laughs) Also... Real birds wouldn't need bras because they don't have breasts because they're not mammals. And I guess in like, you know, Botticelli, Venus type <laughs> Renaissance paintings, bras would be beside the point. Yeah. Yeah. You just use seashells that stick on for and whatever Precisely. Reason. Yeah. Okay. It's a modern human invention. It's cast really them off, legit. ladies. Cast them off. Throw out your bras. Burn them. Burn them. That would be an awesome bird. <laughs> burn your bras. Burn them off. Burn your bras. Burn your bras. Feminism. Intersectionality is important. Goodbye. <laughs> Bird had a lot to say. <laughs> she used to practice like saying it between flaps of her wings. <laughs> so those are our bird ladies. There's one more bird, though, that's really important to Slavic mythology. Okay. I'm going to tell you about it, but we're going to get some booze first. The firebird. Whoa. Doesn't that sound... That sounds like such a fucking good myth, doesn't it? And like a fucking sexy car. Yes. I like the connotations already. Really hot car. Um, And how does it differ from a phoenix? Okay, so phoenixes have that whole rebirth thing. They do. From the ashes. Um, Firebirds are interesting because they are associated with both blessings. Yeah. And harbinger of doom. Oh, wow. So really just one or the other. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of both. It's flying toward your house. You're like, all right, kids, this is going to be the best or the worst. The worst day or the best day ever. Um, so it's actually really interesting. Like Harry Potter's packages at, in the Great Hall. It's either a fucking cursed object that's going to like possess him or something or like candy. Did he ever really get a possessed object? He never object? got either of those things, yes. actually. <laughs> it's like going to be like, it's either a broom from his godfather. Uh, right. Or it's he gets a, like a sweater from Mrs. Malfoy. Mrs. Malfoy? Amanda, who are you oh, as Mrs. a person? <laughs> I don't even know you anymore. And the funny thing is, tomorrow I'm recording a Harry Potter podcast with oh, my friend I'm Mike. jealous. The Firebird is actually really interesting because it's one of those characters that is so prominent in Russian folklore, Mm -hmm. but so prominent that it also gets adopted by the Grimm brothers in their fairy tales later on. Oh, interesting. So like the sort of vaguely next door Germanic neighbors heard of this thing. The Eastern European Germans decide that's, that sounds like it's something that we can do. And when I tell you one of the uh, fairy tales about it, you will understand kind of where that idea comes from. I'm ready. Um, But first, I'm going to describe it a little bit, because it's really interesting. Uh, So it is a big, big bird Mm -hmm. uh, with long plumage. Think like a less awkward-looking peacock. Okay. Um, But it glows brightly in red, orange, and yellow light, which makes it look like it's on fire. I like that. Interestingly, if like a feather were to fall off of the firebird, Mm -hmm. it would continue glowing so brightly that it would light up an entire room like at nighttime. Oh, wow. Isn't Which that super cool? Which in pre-electricity 
Russia. Yeah. Uh, with like in some parts light for whatever, six hours a day. That would be super helpful. Right. And so the firebird is actually in a lot of, uh, a lot of fairy tales that come out of Slavic mythology and Russian folklore and that sort of thing. Uh, we're going to talk about today the story of the firebird and Princess Vilasala, mm-hmm. which I probably pronounced really, really wrong, but we're just going to continue with it anyway. I know at least one Russian listener who will, <laughs> pre- will totally <laughs> tell us how our pronunciation is bad. In this story, there's a king's archer who is out going for a hunt. Okay. Um, Good thing for an archer to do. He runs across the firebird's feather. Yep. Um, the archer's horse just starts talking to him because it's a fairy tale. Okay. And he's like, listen, don't touch it. Bad things will happen if you touch it. I bet he touches it. But the archer's like, listen, if I bring this back to the king, he's going to be super stoked about it. Yeah. And no more s- paying for fucking expensive-ass candles. Right. So he ignores the horse, brings it back to the king. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Always, always listen to your talking horse. Yes. Always. If there's an animal talking to you, fucking listen to listen it. Listen to right? it. The king is super excited about the uh, feather. Yeah. But he's like, listen, I don't want just a fucking feather. I want the whole goddamn bird. See, you give a king a firebird feather. Next, he wants a firebird. <laughs> so the archer goes to his horse, starts crying into the mane of the horse. It's like, I didn't listen to you. I'm so sorry. How do I fix this? And the horse is like, okay. Not by crying at your horse. Yeah. But the horse tells him what to do. Yeah, yeah. The horse goes, listen, put some corn in the field. The firebird will come down to eat it, and then it'll allow you to capture the bird. Okay. The archer does that. He gets the bird. Wait, if the archer is a hunter, why does he not know this plan already? Well, because the archer is used to, like, shooting stuff, and the bird's no good to the king if it's dead. Oh, they want to just, like, capture it with a net type thing. Yeah, because it's not a firebird if it's dead. It's just a fucking turkey. (laughs) Um, anyway, so the firebird comes down to eat. He catches the bird. The, the king is presented with the bird. Mm-hmm. But now he's like, listen, you managed to do this. There's a princess in the kingdom over. Oh, no. You're pretty fucking skilled, apparently, <laughs> with catching things that are pretty. <laughs> that shouldn't be caught. Bring this princess to me so I can marry her. Otherwise, I'll kill you. <sighs> the archer goes to the princess lands. He gets invited into their court. He drugs the princess. What? Puts some, some sleeping stuff in her wine. Typical man. Brings her back to the kingdom. The king is really pleased. But then the princess wakes up and she's like, I'm not home. And starts yeah, crying. Yeah, she's not. Right. Um, the king is not super happy with that. Especially when she's like, I won't marry you unless I find my wedding dress. Which is buried under a rock in the middle of the ocean. Uh, like just making it up? Yeah. Okay. Well, not really. Because the archer, again, goes crying to his horse. The horse tells him how to get to it. The archer unburies this wedding dress, brings it out. Wait, why, why does she have a wedding dress in the ocean? Because it's like, it's her dowry, but her dowry is buried in the ocean. Because she's a magic princess. Is she magic? I mean, she's a fan. If she's okay, a I'm fantasy sorry, I'm sorry, I'm princess. Sorry. I'm getting too caught up in the details. You are. Okay. Just, just. Okay, gets the magic wedding dress that isn't somehow all moldy and rotten. Right. Um, So the princess is stubborn, refuses to marry the king. The princess is like, listen, this archer dude stole me from my house. I want him punished. And the king's like, all right, what do you want? She's like, you have to (laughs) dip him in boiling water. Yeah. And the archer's like, I don't want to die in boiling water. That would fucking suck. Goes and he he's being held and he's like, my last request before I die is I go and see my horse. And the king's like, that's a weird fucking request. (laughs) Okay, I guess. 
The horse, who is apparently magic... Talking about knowing about relations between men and beasts. The horse, who is apparently magic, puts some sort of charm on the archer. Nice. So that when he's dipped into the water, he's unharmed, and somehow becomes more beautiful when he comes out of the water. Huh. The king is super jealous about this. He's like, well, this is the secret to eternal beauty. <gasps> Does he jump Jumps in? Jumps in. Yes. Dies. That would have been a fitting end for Ramsey Bolton, course. too. That would have been really good, right? <laughs> um, the... Archer is then chosen to be king because that's how patriarchies work, clearly. Um, He marries the princess. They live happily ever after. Wow. All because of some dumbass firebird almost got him killed and then made him king with a hot-ass princess. I mean, the firebird wasn't dumb necessarily. Like, the firebird's got to eat. I mean, yeah. But I'm saying the... As we kind of talked about, the Firebird is this harbinger of doom. Mm-hmm. Unless you do everything right, then it's good things. Fascinating. Isn't I wonder. I wonder weird. what kind of like witch or mage got banished to spend like a hundred years as a horse. Yeah, that that like this this all powerful <laughs> horse talking magical horse was sitting there like ugh, like carries archer around. He's just crying like talking about. He keeps about, crying into my maid. Talking right? about love. I have to condition again. Does he know how to capture a bird? <laughs> what a fucking dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, Russia has sort of a weird relationship with birds mm-hmm. mostly they're kind of evil but can be good at sometimes mm-hmm. but yeah birds man birds fucking birds oh fucking birds are another word for women didn't even make that connection oh, until no! now so many puns escaped my Ooh, grasp yeah the puns the puns escaped my mom got shit on by two different birds today, so she went to buy some lottery tickets. So hopefully I'll be a millionaire soon. Oh, and my cousin told me that pigeons only poop while sitting, whereas seagulls only poop while flying. That's a really fun fact. It's a very fun and also very practical fact. Yeah, like you don't have to worry about a pigeon shitting on you when they all like flock up when you pass them on the subway. Which is what happens when I walk out of my building every morning. Oh no. A flock of about 300 pigeons flies from one side of the road to the other and I like ducked and cowered under like the archway of a bar until I recounted this tragic tale to my cousin and like a it's magic like, talking worry, horse, shit. he was like, don't worry. You know, they don't poop on you while flying. Only seagulls do that. And then I looked up and realized we were at the beach and was like, huh. The more you know. Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, director's commentary, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings. If you like the show, please share with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. <laughs>